I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Welcome back to the Finding Myself podcast. I am Meredith Siget, the host of this podcast. I have a fabulous episode planned for us tonight. It is one of my book talk episodes, but one of the neat things is I actually have the author here tonight to talk to us about her book. So I'd like to introduce to you Christine Titi. Hi, Christine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I am doing good tonight. I am so excited to have you here on the podcast. I'll let our listeners know that we connected through LinkedIn. Something pretty simple. True, true. I saw that you and I live near each other and I enjoy connecting not just with people from around the country or around the world, but I also like to connect with people locally that I might not run into otherwise. So I was excited to see your profile and connect with you. But even though... Likewise. Even though we're local, you're not local. And you, like, you, that's part... That's... I gotta bring it up. That's part of who you are. Um, but you let me know that you've only been in the United States True. for about 12 years. Correct, correct. I'm originally from a village called Bali. It's found in uh, Cameroon. Cameroon is located in Central Africa. So I moved or immigrated in the U.S. in the year 20, 2009. My first stop was in Pittsburgh. I spent about five years in Pittsburgh, then I moved down to Harrisburg, then Harrisburg Camp Hill. So well, there's has been my journey. Well, there's another thing we have in common because I had a stopover in Pittsburgh before I moved to Harrisburg. I went to the University of Pittsburgh yeah. for a grad wow. program, which I saw you were at Point Park for a grad program. Oh, that's Yes, yes, yes. I was at Point Park. It was, you know, it was there downtown, and I used to work with uh, the Department of Human Services. So it would just be a stone throw from my job site to the college, and it was it was a fun time there. I mean, I really liked uh, Pittsburgh, but I had to move down here for more opportunities. That's what brought us to Harrisburg, too. So I agree with you that that way. We really liked, and I'm using we as my husband and I, liked Pittsburgh. My husband's from that area. Uh, Pittsburgh has a lot to offer. Uh, but Harrisburg does have a lot career-wise to offer, too. So, Christine, so Christine, not only are you an author but you're also an entrepreneur a philanthropist and an activist can you tell me about that well yes i i own a city home care services it's a home and community-based agency meaning that we support adults with a diagnosis of intellectual disabilities and autism spectrum disorder so we provide them day support, meaning we have a day center where they come to the center on a daily basis, and we teach them skills. They, um, the major part of our 
job entails taking them out in the community and helping them integrate their community. We help them learn important skills that they need to socialize with others. We help them learn employment skills by volunteering the many uh, organizations we volunteered in the greater Harrisburg area. So that, that, that's what we do. It has, it has been a fun journey. Unfortunately, we got hit like every other business by the pandemic and we had to shut down, then we had to open, then we had to shut down. <laughs> like we had to shut down twice also, then we open and you know, when you reopen, you lost staff, you, some participants didn't want to come back. So it's been tough, but it has really been a, a fun ride just because for me, I always like saying it that it's not business, it's purpose, you know, just being able to uh, play major role in those people's lives, helping them integrate their community, helping them discover so many things they were not able to uh, do before. It really fills me with joy. So that's part of that's the business I do. I also have a nonprofit that I started recently. It's Oaks of Central PA, and it's really about uh, helping, you know, promoting, empowering other immigrants and refugees in the area. Um, I, I, when I moved here, it was tough, like here in the U.S., it was tough for the first few years, you know, being a single mom, and I had to rely on certain nonprofits that helped me back when I was in Pittsburgh. So, uh, me starting this nonprofit is just a way of giving back, you know, helping others to have it a little bit easier than how I did. So that's, that's basically it. <laughs> oh, that is, that is great. And you brought up two words that I bring up a lot. One is purpose and one is joy. Uh, I am a person who really resonates with the word joy as I've gotten older. So I love when people are, you know, talking about joy and finding joy and helping others find joy too. So that is amazing. And purpose goes right to the core of your book. So the book is How I Discovered My Purpose, yes. a practical guide to faith and finding happiness in uncertain times. Wow. Uncertain times. We're all feeling that now. So where did the... So, uh, the, the amazing part about... <laughs> Sorry about that. No, when you were reading the the title and you were talking about uncertain times, I I was just I just wanted to share that the amazing part about this book was that I started writing it before the pandemic. Like I started writing in November 2019, and you know I was a little bit slow on it because I was busy with other things, with the business and other yeah. things. And then of course when the pandemic hit us in March and we had to shut down, I suddenly had enough time in my hands to really focus <laughs> on this book and to really, yeah, so it, it's, one of, it's one of those things, but yeah. Mm -hmm. You were ahead of your time. You knew that uncertain times was just going to be a good topic. So you got started early. Yes, <laughs> I, I sure did. So if the, the pandemic wasn't the catalyst to start writing the book. What was the reason for you to start writing this book? The, the reason why I started writing the book was first to share my story 
and to also encourage others that are in similar position. Because I think that a lot of times, you know, we, we get stuck in doing whatever it is we are doing without really a sense of purpose. You know, you, you come across people that are doing either as a job or they're out in the community just doing one thing or the other, but it's, they're not fulfilled. And the reason I think they are not fulfilled is because they haven't discovered that unique assignment, that unique lane that is meant for them. So the sort of just keep, you know, wandering from one thing to the next or just feeling stuck and then time keeps keeps going by. You know, we, we don't have enough time. So the question is, how do you want to spend the time you have? You know, and I think the best way of doing that is by pursuing your purpose, by doing that assignment that you know that this is why you are on earth, this is why you were created, this is why you were, uh, you were given those talents that you have, it was for this purpose. So that was really what pushed me to, to, to write the book. And like we said, I didn't know there were gonna be uncertain times. I was just coming from my own side of it and from also what I'd seen with other people, with friends and other people that I've come in contact with. I tried to capture a little bit of their own journey in the book. That's great that there's your story, uh, the travels that you've been through to, to settle and make a life here in the United States, but then also getting those stories from people around you. So there's a variety. So you talk about purpose and you, you gave us a little bit of a taste of what you feel purpose is, but how do you define purpose? Hmm. I, I would say purpose is, there, there is a word that comes to mind when I think it's a French word, I speak French and uh, the word is raison d'être. So raison d'être, if, if you translate it, is the reason why you are, or is the reason why something exists. So when I always think about purpose, I always say is your raison d'être. So it's the reason why you're you, is the reason why you're shaped the way you're shaped, is the reason why you are in that area where you are, the gifts that you have, the experience that you have, that, that's it. So. That, that's purpose for me. That's how I sort of define it. I know it's a mixture of English and French, but that's how I view it, that that's your raison d'être. That's you. That's how, that's, that's your purpose. Uh, to me, I think that is a great way of describing it because it kind of makes sense of us on why we are the way we are because it is for our purpose so that we can carry it out. Yes. Oh. I love that. Yes. I got to remember that yes. one. I got to got to remember that one. Cuz I I work with uh, adolescents. And so many times our adolescents are trying to make sense of themselves and trying to fit themselves into a label or something that's already established. They want to change themselves to be more acceptable by some standards. But no, we need to flip the script on that and say you're made for your purpose. That is why you are the way you are. Yes. Don't change that. That's, that's why, that's why, yes, yes. 
Yes, I mean, and with a lot of, you know, peer pressure, I tried to capture that a little bit in the beginning of the book when I spoke about high school children, you know, high school kids graduating and going to college and really getting confused about what they should be studying and looking at what friends are doing, having some peer pressure and being like, okay, I'm going to follow what my friends are doing or just, I don't know, I'm confused. The, the solution, if I may say that way of all this, is really purpose, you know, and that's where we as parents, we also play a role because, you know, once the child when the child is with you and your kid is doing you can notice certain interests they are having you can notice certain skills that they are having and as parents we have to like push them you know gently push them towards those things that that they like because therein could be their purpose yes I, and i think helping to acknowledge that we see that in them we see their purpose is affirming or confirming maybe some of the things that they've thought or that they feel and say we notice you we notice that very powerful very powerful you know um very powerful yeah my, my daughter she's she's 12 years old and i think since she was five she used to she she used to do ballet she started doing ballet at five and she was like i want to do ballet i first thought well i mean it's just an activity let's just let's just do it you know keeping you busy and everything and over the years some years she skipped some seasons but then she continued and recently they had their recital in mechanicsburg and I took a little video of it, and like I, I shared it to friends and family. And all the, I mean, what I got back was like, wow, we think she's found her purpose because the grace at which she was just, you know, just doing it, it just, it just flowed effortlessly, you know. And that's really purpose, you know. You, you're doing something, and everybody's like, wow, it, it's tough. It looks tough, but when you do it. You know, you fit right in because it's your reason death. So you just, you know, you just flow and you're just going with the flow. It just looks as if it's effortless, but that's because you have the grace. That's because it's in you and you just do it. So, Oh, that is such a great example. Uh, when everything clicks or feels right or looks effortless because that's what you were meant to do or be. Oh, that gives me goosebumps to hear about a young person and just having that experience. But also as, yeah. as a dancer, you want to invoke feelings of your audience and tell, tell your story through movement. And she obviously caught their attention. And, and. Oh, yes, yeah, she did. Yeah. I mean, I. Oh. Yes. I mean, I was watching it and I had good bumps and I had tears rolling down my eyes. My sister in Michigan was doing the same. She was watching it and she was like, Christine, I have tears in my eyes. I was like, I mean, I had been watching her recital, you know, I'm, go I'm going to, but this last time it was like the perfect click. It was just like, wow, you know, and everybody that saw it was like, wow. This, this is it, you know, she was just flowing along. And I'm like, wow, I texted her, but I'm like, Renee has found her purpose. Aww. 
That is amazing. That is amazing. So is your purpose your book to help others find their purpose? Yes, I, I would say it is. It is really um, about serving, you know, serving others, just helping, helping others come to that point that they uh, discover what we're meant to be, discover what is inside of them. You know, you would think something as easy as encouraging others comes easy to everybody, but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. I have, you know, when I, you know, when I interact with people and they'll be like, well, Christine, you, you're always encouraging us. You're always pushing us to go one extra step. And I'll sit and be like, but doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> you know, isn't it, I mean, isn't it something we should all be doing? But then I noticed that apparently that that's not the case. So that's because that's my reason there that, I, I you know that I was placed on this earth, that I have the skills or what about that I have in me to be able to bring others to, to that point where they also can discover and pursue their purpose. Which very much is that. And like we spoke about joy. It, it's very much that thread that goes through your entrepreneurship, the uh, company that you own, then your uh, philanthropy, the nonprofit that you run, and your book. It's all helping a variety of individuals find their purpose and find their way. Yes. That, that is amazing. Yes. Now I know as part of your book, you use faith and biblical passages to help bring across your message and your meaning. So do you have a favorite passage mm -hmm. from the book? Yes, I do. I do. It's actually in chapter 4, and it's I'll read it off here. It's 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. I, that's, that passage has is really like one of my life passages because I have dealt with fear so many times. You know, the fear of the unknown, the fear of stepping out, the fear of just speaking in front of people. The, you know, fear really has a strong hold on, you know, on us when it holds us down. You know, it really prevents us from attaining and becoming all that which we were called and created to be because we are always thinking you know what if it fails what if something happens what if it, you know what if i lose everything so this this passage just always reminds me that god's love is above that fear so i don't really need to, to dwell in that fear because it's not me who's doing anything it's his love and i'm going to share something you know when we when schools were closed and my daughter had to do online school she was okay but then after a while the school district came and said well we'll be doing hybrid and my daughter was like i don't know mom i am scared to go back to school what if I get the virus? What if something happened? What if? So I 
give her as a parent what do you tell you know you no amount of comforting and reassuring can 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 do the trick here this is this is beyond us this is this is because we don't control that and they don't even understand it so you have to give the child something more and all i could think about was just the scriptural passage and i said perfect love cast out all fear i said whose love god's love whose fear my fear so when you put it all together god's love god's perfect love cast out all my fear so i said whenever you're sitting in the class and you are your thoughts are just going all over the place about this pandemic you're scared just keep repeating that scriptural verse just keep repeating it and that's how we we got through <laughs> we got through this <laughs> you know so that really that's my i would say that's really my life scriptural passage it's it's for me anyway it's really uh very powerful whenever i'm afraid and i still there's still days that i'm scared because we, we still don't know what tomorrow is going to hold you know we are human so it's it's natural to be to be afraid but we don't have to dwell in that fear and the only way we can stop dwelling in that fear is believing in the power that's greater than us believing in the love that is greater than than us so Oh, that's so beautiful. That is a perfect passage for those uncertain times. Uh, and it fitting into the uncertain times that we have been dealing with, but still are dealing with, that we can trust and have faith and still move forward due to the faith that we have. Still move forward. Yeah. That is it. Still move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this book must have been a really big undertaking for you. Do you have any tips for others who might want to write a book? Because I know I've got some listeners out there who have the itch to write a book. Do you have any suggestions or tips? Mm, I, I would say I read back up there i read somewhere forgotten where i might be misquoting someone but someone actually a famous author said this that don't wait until you you feel like writing or don't wait until you're inspired to write get up each morning and just start writing because one of the I would say one of the hurdles is we want to be inspired. <laughs> you know, you want you want to, to before you sit down to write a chapter one, you you want to have all the stuff. You you want to know how it starts, how it go, how the middle flows, how it ends before you write it. Inspiration doesn't come like that. Sometimes you have to provoke inspiration. So sometimes just get up there, your laptop, open it up, and just start writing chapter one. That might not be your chapter one, but just start writing. And as you keep writing, even if it's silly, even if it doesn't make sense, but then you're you're really you're provoking that inspiration. And by the time you realize it, you just keep writing, you know. And then the second point would be focus. You know, it's it's very easy to be distracted, <laughs> you know, with what's going on around and you know this and that. You know, my my daughter always said mom if not of the pandemic it would have taken you five years to finish that book (laughs) and she's right because no because i had so many things going on that it 
I mean, I couldn't get past chapter one. That's how tough it was. But then March came and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, and I was like, oh, okay, I do have a book to write. And I'll tell you something, writing that book really helped me get through the pandemic with my business being shut because then I didn't have to sit and be thinking about the, the, the what is and thinking about, oh, am I ever going to reopen? What's going to happen with my business? Am I even going to get sick and all those things? So just the fact that I had that project to work on, which is really a project of encouraging others. That's why they say when you're down, don't, don't just sit down. Look for somebody to encourage. When you're sad, look for somebody to make happy. You know, when when you are in doubt, look for someone to, to push. You know, when you um, remove the lens from yourself and look at others that I need or that I more need than you are, you will feel joy. You will feel purpose. You know, and that will push you through whatever situation you're going. So those are the two main points I would... Uh, So I know that my listeners right now are thinking, oh gosh, Meredith, she needs to be part of your circle of positivity. Here on the podcast, I have a concept of creating your circle of positivity, either people that you know in real life or your social media make sure that they're positive. They're going to support you, they're gonna inspire you, and they're gonna challenge you all in the best ways. So that's going along with what you're saying. Have that positivity around you. When you're feeling that negative, encourage, do the opposite. Help someone else out because that will pull the positivity out in you. So you are now part of my circle of positivity. So where... (laughs) Where can my listeners find you and your book? And my book. So I am mainly on Facebook under my name, Kristen Titi, T-I-T-I-H. The book has a page, Facebook page that is Discover Your Purpose 2020. So your listeners can send me a message through Facebook. I usually reply to messages you know as soon as possible then to get a copy of the book is at www.spsmedia so that's psmedia.com s-p-e-a-r-s media.com so it's it's 15 dollars for a copy and then you have to pay for shipping if you need a signed copy um in the camp hill harvisburg great harvisburg area so if you if you're around and you need a signed copy i'll be more than glad to sign a copy and drop it off or meet you somewhere and sign the copy all right great well i will put all of that information in the show notes for our listeners in case you didn't have a pen handy um, and if you have any questions you know you can always get in touch with me but christine thank you so much for being on the podcast today i love what you had to share i love your story and your purpose just the way of looking at purpose i think is changing my idea of of what purpose is so thank you appreciate the opportunity all right and i'm gonna sign out and say goodbye to the listeners bye thank you for listening to finding myself if you like what you heard please leave a review if you have a question 
or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time. 